Well said. Well said. Well said. Well said. Well said. Well spoken. Well said, Robin. Hi, friends. Welcome to the Well Said Podcast. I'm Bella, and on this podcast, we have Kimberly Haley, who is a mother of three biological children, and she has one adopted child. She has fostered several children, and so that's what we're going to be talking about today, her experience with foster and adoption. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you. So before we get started... I'll be asking an icebreaker, and yours is, what would you do if you woke up in the morning and you had neon green hair? <laughs> I think I would probably call my friend, Danielle, who is very artistic, and she'd probably get a really big kick out of that, so we would have fun, and she would, yeah, we would have a really good time with it. You wouldn't, like, want to try to change it or no, wouldn't I, freak out? Um, I probably would freak out, but neon green's kind of pretty, so I would go with it for the day. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, since this podcast is about foster care and adoption, a lot of people probably don't know what that all looks like, so we'll just start out with some more factual questions. So... What were some adjustments that you had to make to your home to be approved for foster care? Okay. I would say that really there wasn't too, too much. We did have to get like a carbon monoxide piece. We had, it had to be one big thing I guess we had to do was get the fence for our pool. Mm -hmm. So we had older kids. We, our kids were probably 10, 12 and 14 at the time. We got the pool when they were a little bit older, so we didn't need to have a fence. Um, so that was something that was big. But besides that, you know, we had to get locks on some doors. Um, you know, we had to put the knives up. We could not have detergents at a reach where a kid could get it. But the big one is that we had to get a fence for the pool. So that was actually a big decision. And how many foster children did you have total? So our Liliana was our sixth foster baby. Okay. So we had we had five different placements because one of our placements was two children. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then probably a question that a lot of people would wonder is how much is fostering and then how much is adopting and what all that cost is. So I would say for us to get our foster license, we probably only paid maybe $500 mm-hmm. besides the cost of the pool. Or sorry, not besides the cost of the fence, um, which I think the fence at the time was like $2,000. So for us, we had to, you know, expend $2,500. But most people would only have to maybe expend the $500 because you have to get fingerprinted, which is maybe $100, you know. And then as far as the cost of foster care, they do give you a stipend. And that stipend does pay for, it's supposed to pay for gas, like because you take the kids to their weekly visits, you take them you know, to different appointments, obviously diapers, Uh, you're eligible for WIC if the kids are five and younger. So when we had a newborn, we had all of our formula was paid for. Um, And so, but anytime we would travel, say we would go on a flight somewhere, you obviously, you would have to pay for their plane ticket. We had to buy car seats, but all of that really came, you know, all their clothes, but all of that would come out of their stipend that they were, um, that they gave, the state gave us to help with all those expenses so I would say that um, you know we always used that money on the kids and you know to buy toys you know to buy again I had a 10 12 and 14 year old when we started all of this so we didn't have a lot of things you know for that age group Mm -hmm. so yeah 
And then how about for adopting? Okay. How much is that? So there's three ways to adopt. You can do- adopt domestically, you can adopt internationally, and you can adopt through foster care. So when you adopt internationally, you have expenses um, to get lawyers, right, for travel expenses. So it's going to cost when you um, adopt through, you know, internationally. Same with domestic adoption. Like you are matched with a birth parent. You're going to help them, you know, with some expenses. So there's going to be, you know, some cost associated with that. But when you adopt through foster care, there is no cost. So literally all of our... Um, all the lawyer fees, all the paperwork, everything was covered. So there was no adoption. There was no cost to adopt for us. Oh, okay. And then how long does it typically, do you have to typically wait for a child to be placed in your home when you're fostering? So we we were open because of our ages of our kids and, you know, talking to our kids. We were open to fostering. Like, I, that was my whole intention was to foster and hope that these kids would be reunited with their family. That's why we went into it. And so we, we went into it with a, basically a, we were okay with a high risk of the kids leaving our home. Some people want to adopt. That's their intention. So they're really looking for a child that has a low risk of returning to their biological family. So because we were open, we really were able to get to get a child fast. So I would say that every time that we went back on the list, we probably had a child in our home within three weeks, you know, maybe a month at the, at the longest, only because of, um, we had a a wide range. Like we said, well, we'll take anywhere from, I think zero to two years old is kind of what my thought was. And uh, because we thought we have like a little one in the house and, um, also because of that risk factor. Okay. And, and honestly, the need in San Bernardino. Also, we live in Fontana, which is very central. You have Fontana, you have Redlands, where, you know, we have Victorville. So we're really central to a lot of areas. So they like to keep the kids close to their home okay. for visits and for those kind of reasons. And so because we're so centrally located, we're actually in a good place at our house. Okay. Would you say there's a great need for parents to be adopting children? Yeah, um, there's a lot of kids in foster care in San Bernardino and in L.A. County, and I wish I could have gotten those numbers for you. I was actually on the lookout, but you would be um, amazed with how many kids are in foster care. And a lot of the kids are in group homes, you know, and they're not getting the love of a family. And, you know, um, there's so much that a mom and a dad, you know, a family can give just even one child. So, mm-hmm. um you know, there's many kids that are in foster care that just really need to be loved while they're in foster care. And then, of course, there are many kids waiting for adoption. When people think about adopting, you have people that are, say, going through infertility and, um, you know, they want to have a, a baby, right? Because, you know, I mean, that's what you think about when you have a child. But there's a lot of kids that are one and two and four and six and eight and 14, you know, that are in that are in foster care. So, um, but there's 14-year-olds that want to be adopted, right? Mm -hmm. Because even when you graduate from high school, you still need support from a family, you know? And so there's definitely a need for um, adoption. Are you allowed to teach the child in your home, even if you're not keeping them? So, yes. Yes and no. So, um, you know, our kids always have gone to church with us. Um, We had a two- and a three-year-old that went to vacation Bible school. Um... So you could have a child who's 
older, like 12 or 14 years old, who starts refusing to go to church. And that would be a separate case. Mm. Also, when they when you do get a phone call, they'll call you, the social worker will call you and say, you know, we have a 12-year-old girl and she does not want to go to church. And so at that moment, you know, you can learn more about that person and think, well, maybe that's not someone that would be right for our family or we're okay with that, you know. So when you get that initial call, you do have a list of questions that you want to ask to see if it's a right fit for your family. Okay. And then what's the role of a foster parent? You know, I thought I saw that question that you sent me and I thought about that. And, you know, really, it's just to be a mom, a mom and a dad. You know, you want to love on these kids and care for these kids and, you know, share Jesus with these kids. And um, but you also want to be an advocate, which is also what moms and dads do. You also it's really important that you can have a relationship also with the biological family because you want these kids to feel um, welcomed in your home and and they are part of that biological family so um, every time we had a kid that was placed with us I always made it I always my intention was always for that birth mom and birth dad to know that we were here to support them and we were not trying to replace them mm-hmm. and um, every time you know we would meet for the first time I made sure that they knew that and it just um, it went really well, and then they re- and then it seemed like we were a team kind of raising yeah. this kid, and a team trying to make decisions. Yeah, that's cool. And w- are uh, the parents still able to work if they have a child in their home? So um, foster parents can still work, and many do. You know, a lot of the kids that are in foster care are also in grade school, mm-hmm. right? So they're going to go to yeah. school every day. Um, not saying that you can't homeschool because that is a possibility as well. They do like infants to be with um, stay-at-home moms, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean that they don't place them with moms that do work. I actually have a friend who works, and her child is actually in daycare and from foster care. Okay. So they prefer just because of bonding issues, right? Mm-hmm. They already have been moved from one home. And then also, you know, if you're also putting them in daycare, they prefer that baby to be in a stay-at-home mom. But that's not – they'll still do it otherwise. Okay, that makes sense, though. And then what if the foster child gets sick, you know, whether it's like a cold or something more serious? Okay. So if it's just a cold, no big deal. Um, if they need to go to the doctor, they – all the kids that come into foster care have Medi-Cal. So, um, and all of their doctor appointments are paid for, like through Medi-Cal, and prescriptions are all paid through from Medi-Cal. So we would just go to the doctor's office, and then we would fill out a very small report that we would end up giving to the social worker. So every month you have a county social worker that comes to your house, and they'll ask, you know, have they been to the doctor? Have they been to the dentist? You know, they'll ask all those questions, and at that point you would give them that form. Okay, that. So that they can kind of just keep track of the child and what's been going on with them. Yes. And have you ever had a foster child get seriously hurt while they were in your care? I did not. Praise the Lord. That's great. Yes. And it is hard to say goodbye. I will tell you, there was many tears, you know, that I shed when uh, a child left our house. Because you love them so much. Not because you don't want them to go. Because that is your, your, you know, you want them to go back to their family. So um, if you would ask me, would I want it any other way? No, I wouldn't want it any other way. But my heart's breaking because I miss this child, right? Because mm-hmm. I loved this child as my own. 
So a lot of people will say, well, I could never say goodbye. And I would say by not saying, by saying you would never, could never say goodbye, you never got to meet that child. Mm -hmm. You never got to love on that child for those six months or a year. And Mm -hmm. someone I had heard once that you take the bullet so that they don't have to take the bullet. So, so as much as, you know, and I, I, we would always mourn. I would allow myself to mourn. We did not take a new placement in until my mourning was over, you know, until, and for all of us as a family to be reunited as a family and to get used to um, just the five of us again, you know. Mm -hmm. So I would say that's a big thing is that that was such a blessing to have kids in our home. Uh, And then for the people interested in foster care or adoption, what would you tell them? I would say do it. A lot of people, um, you know, maybe talk about it, but do it. It was was the biggest blessing that um, our family really ever did together as far as ministry. And so that was something, you know, I wanted us to be able to do ministry together. And this was obviously a way. Um, my kids have grown a lot. My kids have all had their eyes open to adoption and foster care. And then really look at our church now, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, really you now have Mm -hmm. been able to see foster care and adoption. And so I I would say also talk to people who have fostered and get to know a family, help a family that Mm -hmm. is fostering. It's, there's a, there's a lot that goes into fostering, I think, which was another one of your questions that, you know, not only are you taking in children, but, you know, there's a lot of appointments that they have to go to and they have to do visits. And so there's a lot of ways that you could help a foster family, whether it's by meals or, you know, babysitting, doing laundry. Um, and then also you get to see what it's like, you know, at that point. Yeah. And then you realize that these kids really, they're just kids, right? Mm-hmm. They've got this beautiful face and they have a name and it's not it's tangible, right? Mm -hmm. It's not just this unknown. So um, that these kids are just really beautiful and they just need someone to love on them. Yeah. And then getting more into your personal story and what you went through, what are the biggest challenges that you have faced in both fostering and adopting? I would say with fostering, um, you know, you don't know what you're getting. So you say, I will take a child between, I don't know, zero and two years old or zero and four years old. There's a big range of ages at that. So when we decided to do foster care, I really wanted a baby at first. I thought that would be the easiest. So I was able to round up like swings and some different things. Mm -hmm. But then when the baby actually comes, you know, you're getting to know this child. you got to figure out formula and bottles and you're like, oh, I don't. I was thinking it was going to be a boy, but it's actually a girl, right? Oh, and this is a this is a six-month-old baby, and I don't have six-month-old baby clothes. Uh-huh. So I think the challenge is really um, those first couple weeks of making logistically, making mm-hmm. sure you have everything you need. Some things, of course, like a baby monitor, you can have ahead of time because it doesn't matter if it's boy or girl or what age they are, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that was definitely a challenge. And then um, I think the challenge also is is trying to figure out carving out time because you have to do visits. Sometimes you do visits twice a week. Mm-hmm. And then you also, in the very beginning, you have to get them to the doctor. You have to get them to the dentist. You're meeting with a social worker once a week. So there's a lot of time that goes into, like, the very beginnings. Um, and then really just advocating for them. A lot of the kids that come in are coming in because of neglect. Mm-hmm. So they're behind in speech. 
they may need occupational therapy, they need physical therapy. So um, I would say the challenge sometimes is trying to get all those services in place and um, still being able to have a family and having downtime. And what are the biggest blessings of both foster care and adoption? So um, I am a mom of many, right? Mm -hmm. So if when I have, you know, necklaces and they have little beads in them, I have my four, you know, my Mm -hmm. three biological, my adopted daughter, but I also these other children that I have raised that have been part of my life. These kids are also a part of of, my, of me in my heart and um, of our family. So the biggest blessing is just to have been part of their lives. I'm still in contact with them. So um, actually our foster two, of, actually th- three of them just celebrated a birthday in June. Mm-hmm. And so like I texted their new parents. They, one went to a great aunt, that's mm-hmm. their mom and dad now. And another one went to grandma and grandpa. And so I reached out and just wished happy birthday and um, asked for pictures. And mm-hmm. so I still get to see them, you know. Yeah. yeah. That's special. It's very special. And was adoption always in your plan when you went into foster? Adoption was never in my plan. Mm-hmm. So um, when I was 11 years old, um, I would walk to my friend's house every day. And there was a house, there was a family that had three older boys. And they were probably 18, 16, 20-ish, though at that age. And they had a two-year-old that they fostered. Mm. And so I always was intrigued by foster care. And I always wanted to do foster care. So probably since I've been 11 years old. So when my kids were at a good age and we went, and I wanted to do ministry for our, with our family, I always thought ad- uh, foster care would be amazing. And so adoption was really never on my radar, even though I love to watch adoption videos, right? Mm -hmm. I did love to watch it. I guess I just didn't think that would ever happen. Mm -hmm. And maybe I thought I was too old maybe by that point too, Uh, because my kids were, again, you know, 10, 12, 14. And so to start all over again, I just didn't mm -hmm. see that happening. And I really felt like God was giving me this desire to foster. So actually adopting Liliana was a quite a surprise to us mm-hmm. <laughs> as well but that's how God works right yeah. he 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 brings us and you just he just puts one thing in front of us at a time and mm-hmm. you take you just do that one step because probably if he would have told us that you know years ago maybe I would have been too afraid to even take these little steps that I yeah. did take and how did your biological children respond to you telling them that you were going to be fostering they loved it. Mm-hmm. So uh, the first year I talked to them, we all sat down as a family and we said, how do you feel about that? And they were like, yeah, you know, that's great. I, I think that's great. And then we didn't do anything. So mm-hmm. a year later, we all sat down as a family again. And they were like, yeah, mom, like we talked about this. Yeah, we think this is great. Mm-hmm. And so when we did bring our first baby into our home, like everyone was excited. You know, Graceland was like barely 11 years old when we got the first one and so that was really exciting for her and you know we went into it and we told them from the very start like we are fostering these you know she's going to go back she's not staying here we are just fostering and um they actually were talking about adoption way before my husband and i were (laughs) so they wanted to adopt from the beginning Mm. so yeah that's cool to see you know the older children involved still into that process in matter of fact even when we adopted Liliana one of the things the social workers do ask they interview 
each of the kids and they say, how do you feel about adoption? And so the kids, you know, it's not like they're giving you permission, but they really want to know that this is going to be a right fit for Mm -hmm. the whole family. And all my kids were on board with that. That's cool. And what was the biggest thing you learned about yourself through this? I learned that um, I could love a child the same, no matter if they were biologically mine, if they were mine for six months, or if I adopted and they were forever mine. I learned that it didn't matter what color they were, um, but that if God gave me a child, that I would love them fiercely. And did you have to learn to love each child differently? Because, you know, they're not necessarily your child and they might have other needs. So I would tell you that my first baby, when Jacob was born, my first child, I didn't like just fall in love with him right away. Mm-hmm. Now, some moms will be, are different. And some moms will say, oh, I fell in love with him the moment I looked at him. And I loved him. It wasn't that I didn't, but I didn't like fall in love. Mm-hmm. Where when my second one came along, I knew what it was like to be a mom. And I mm-hmm. really did fall in love immediately with my second child because I knew what this meant. And mm-hmm. I guess I kind of felt like I knew him a little bit. He was a boy. I already had a boy. I would say it was the same with each of the kids that came into my house that I was um, my first foster daughter. I mean, I loved her. And then, but I ended up getting her sister two years Uh later. When she came to my house, it was instant. Like I loved her just like I loved my second one. Because I felt like I knew her. She was biologically had the same mom and dad as the first one. And I felt like I knew her. Mm. Where the other ones, I was still getting to know. Like you just are dropping off this baby. Uh We got one baby at 36 hours old. And that was amazing. I mean, what a blessing. You're talking about blessings. How many people get to hold a 36-hour-old baby? You know, you do. You have your own. Yeah. But what amazing, like, what an amazing gift that I got to do it again. Yeah. And honestly, he kind of looked like my family. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, he looks like a Haley. (laughs) And um, so, to be honest with you, I fell instantly in love with him. But all of them I fell in love with because you you are their mom. You know, mm-hmm. you're, you're going to visits maybe once or twice a week. And so you are their advocate. You are their mom. You are spending every minute with them. And so um, you, you, you really fall in love with them pretty quickly. And what are the biggest lessons that you learned in general? I would say the biggest lesson that I learned is just the impact that trauma has on people. Mm. So um, really a lot of people have trauma from their childhood that carries over into adulthood. And the same thing with children. You think, a lot, you'll hear people say, oh, well, you've had her since she was born. You know, our baby we've had since she's 20 days old. Mm-hmm. And, but she had a lot of trauma too, right? Because she was separated from her birth mom. That is trauma, right? She heard a same voice all nine months right Mm -hmm. and then even those first 20 days and then that was that was taken away so all of the kids that really have come into foster care have had that have experienced trauma but then you start learning about trauma and you realize there's a lot of trauma around you you know you can have trauma you know from car accidents you can have trauma from how you were raised or there's just a lot of ways and so I think that has been really eye-opening you know also just um you know, you see a lot of like, say, autism 
mm-hmm. for example, maybe in foster care. But then you look out and you're like, wait a minute, there there is autism out here. And we need to really educate ourselves on how to um, better better um, deal with children with trauma and with special needs, you know, I would say mm-hmm. how to not so much deal with, but how to interact, you yeah. know, to help them. And as the closing, what is something that you saw in yourself that you would want any person to learn, even if they aren't considering foster care or adoption? Well, I'm not sure if I'm answering your question right, but I would say that it takes a lot. It takes a lot of hours and a lot of manpower to really surround yourself with these kids. And I would say that if you want, I think I saw this, you know, if you want to adopt, that's great. But if you can't, then foster. And if you can't foster, then help a family Mm -hmm. that fosters. So I would say that really, uh, especially the church, you know, if we can just reach out and and help these kids in need and just show them the love of Christ. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. This is a really great conversation. I really enjoyed it. And I really hope that the listeners will as well. And I think it will be eye-opening and give them a new perspective of adoption and foster care. Thank you. Thank you.